we have sort of a covered several things. The first thing that we have covered in chapter 1 is the law of the burnt offering. It's critically important to understand what is a burnt offering and what is a meat offering and, a, and of course, a, 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 a peace offering. And we cover that. Yesterday, we've uh, finished the recording. Of course, it's been live. At 9 o'clock, we do a live teaching. And I shared with you that the peace offering is very unique because it involves bread, unleavened bread. And the mixture here is not an animal meat on the peace offering. It's uh, fine flour mixed with uh, oil. And of course, uh, uh, that mixed together with uh, what is it? What is that? The no flour, oil, and of course, there's the the, the ingredient of of a spice, frankincense, all mixed together. And of course, that is used on the brazen altar. At a cool part of the brazen altar. I told you brazen altar has different temperatures. It can accommodate a bullock or it can accommodate a, 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 a little bird like a turtle dove on the, on the right side of the end of the altar. And so, even the blood of the turtle dove and the blood of the bullock is equal, meaning that the poor have access to the cross as anybody else that has a lot of money. And so, today, we come to the sin offering. And by the way, it's really interesting. And I want to read, because there's so much information here. Uh, why are we doing this study? In order to understand the heart of God. In order to understand how God sees us in terms of sin. This really has blessed my life. It really has opened the door for me to understand how to overcome condemnation, harassment, accusation. Because as we sin, the devil really torments us and bothers us. And so, let me read it. And the Lord spoke unto Moses. This is very important. This is God giving direction here as to what to do. It's not Moses. God spoke to Moses. Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If... So he's opening the door in the last two offerings to the word if. That, that there is intent in the heart of a sinner that God can deal with it. It says, if a soul shall sin through ignorance, you just don't know what is right and what is wrong, against any of the commands of the Lord con concerning things which ought not to be done, and shall do against any of them. And so, chapter 4 is really the sin offering. Christ becoming a sin offering for, for us at the cross of Calvary. Through ignorance here simply means something very important. Uh, if the person that sinned cannot know what sin is, uh, God exempts that person from not knowing. This is humbly and comforting to us. Because it reveals the heart 
of Christ's atonement. It's not black and white. It's like the the colors of the of, of the of the spectrum of light. He judges according to the heart, not to the sin. Uh, for sin is not necessarily measured by men's consciousness, but by God's measure of it. Now, I know that uh, this is kind of complicated to explain, but there's a lot of people there that are very caught up in sin uh, and difficult to get out of it and having problems. And I want to tell you how am I doing with my sin. If there's some sin in me, I want to know how to deal with it. And so I want to make sure that uh, I not only deal with it, but understand that my concept of sin against myself is not in no way, shape, or form the correct way to look. God Himself has a way of doing that. Now, Matthew eleven twenty one is an interesting uh, scripture that shows that mindset of God in relation to sin. If you go to Matthew chapter 11, Amen. Is that it? Eleven twenty-one. Okay, let, let's go to eleven twenty-one for just a moment. Okay, chapter eleven, verse twenty-one. Okay. Uh, woe unto you, Kerasin! Uh, woe unto thee, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon they would have been repented long ago. But I say to you, be more tolerant for Tara and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. So what does it mean that, that Sodom will get more grace than, 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 uh, uh, than Tara? Sodom will get more grace than, than, than Capernaum, uh, Chorazin, uh, and Bethsaida. As you know, the three little towns that we visited in our mission trips are very, very, very... We visit all, all three of them. We've been to Capernaum several times. By the way, uh, our trip to Israel this year has been called off due to COVID. But in, ta- in 2023, early in the year, we're going to do Israel uh, 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 and then also do the seven churches of Revelation. We've been talking about that a long time, but uh, we are going to prepare for that and study that, rent the buses and security and so on. So, Capernaum, Chorazin, and Bethesda, the triangle. Everything happened in that triangle on the top of the lake of Galilee. Jesus was saying that if the miracles that happened in those three cities had happened in Sodom, they would have been converted and repented. So in the day of judgment, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah than for Capernaum, Chorazin, and Bethsaida. So what do I mean by that? What I simply mean is that the way God is going to judge the sin of Bethsaida, Chorazin, and Capernaum is totally different than what he's going to judge the sin of, of, of Sodom. Sodom. Why? Because God looks differently to sin than 
what, the way you look and the way I look. The conditions of the sin, the situation of the sin, the impact of the sin, the, 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 the manner of the sin, what propelled it, what happened. And, and you, you, you begin to understand that the heart of Capernaum, the heart of Chorazin, I'm not trying to justify sin here. But what I'm saying to you, that condemnation today speaks much louder than forgiveness. When it's, it's so bad in the kingdom of God in America and all over the world that we somehow have to understand that. You know, I met a man who killed six people. And he told me this, is there any hope for me? I said, oh my God, my brother, you have as much hope as I have. And I discovered that in a moment of rage, while he was under the alcohol, he was uh, totally inebriated, could barely walk. He fired his gun and he killed several people in the room. And of course, God is going to judge him according to God's grace, not the civil law of the state of Florida. Listen to me. The sin of Capernaum was resisting the voice of God, resisting the hand of God, pushing the Holy Spirit away. The miracles that happened in the in, in the in the the synagogue in in Capernaum, a hand came out of the arm of a, a man who lost his hand. All kinds of powerful miracles. They would not repent it. But if these things had happened in Chorazin, they would have been repented. And so, and so sins of rejection will have a hand of God to deal with it because the sin of rebellion is advanced. I've been t- teaching you that rejection moves into rebellion and unforgiveness moves into bitterness. There's a lot of sin and unforgiveness that will be, have more grace than those that are bitter, resentful, mean, and ugly toward a brother, toward a sister. So, did I get that explained a little bit on there? Did I chew it up right for you on there? Okay. Hope you get it. Okay, now. And so, in, in, in the book of uh, Leviticus, he has to do separately with the sin of the priest. If the priest is an anointed, that is anointed to do sin. If the priest that is anointed do sin. What do you mean? The priest that is anointed. Well, if you go to Leviticus chapter 8, there's the consecration of the priests. He's referring to the anointing of the priest, which we'll have to cover in about four chapters. Because the consecration of the priest has got to be one of the most powerful teachings and understanding how God sees the sin of the priest. And it says, if the, if the priest that is anointed do sin according to the sin of the people. <laughs> what in the world that means? It simply means that a commonality of sin, <coughs> sin is the same everywhere. Satan has a brain the size of a pea. He don't know how to make you change to another sin because he made sin and sin is just the same for everybody. In other words, I, 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 oh, I have a sin that nobody has ever 
thought about it. I mean, I have no way. There's no, the, all of us are equal. The sin, the priest, as it is the people. So it says, let him who, uh, bring for his sin, which he has sinned. Talking about a priest. A young bullock without blemish unto the Lord for the sin offering. Let me say this one more time. Sin is not measured by man's consciousness. Sin is not measured by man's consciousness of sin, but by God's measurement of, of it. You can't, you, man cannot, listen, if you, if, you were, if you were a traditional church and you do sin, your life is over. There's no grace for you anymore. In other words, bang, out of here. And of course, when God instituted the sin offering, He was thinking about pastors, ministers, people like me. People like uh, those who struggle with, with drugs and alcohol. So, and He shall bring the bullock. Now, it costs. <laughs> the cost of it here, it's a bullock, it's a bull. That's a lot of hump. Okay? He shall bring the bullock into the door of the tabernacle. And of course you're familiar with that, uh, that congregation. And lay his hand on the bullock head and kill the bullock before the Lord. Meaning that, that, that substitution uh, transference of the sin into the animal. We, we covered that several times in the burnt offering. And the priest that is anointed to take the bullock's blood, bring it to the altar. We've seen that. You take blood of the bull and you sprinkle around the altar seven times uh, the perfection of sin and then you sort of also uh, uh, sprinkle on the, on, the, on the altar on the veil now things begin to change here now why God is changing this is because he wants to deal with the sin of the priest in a different way than he deals with the sin of the layman. Now that that's that's that 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 is in Leviticus now after Exodus. This is early. This is after. This is under the Mosaic covenant. It's totally different, and there is a progressiveness in here <coughs> that I want I want you to see. The progressiveness is that. Uh, well, let me read it. And the priest shall put some of the blood on the horns of the altar. Now, that wasn't done before. So why would you sprinkle on the horns of the altar? Now, he's talking about the altar of incense. Think about it. The, the veil. After the veil, you move forward and you have the Ark of the Covenant in the back. Right before the veil, there's an altar in the middle. It's called the altar of incense. It burns incense. It has some horns. Some, 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 uh, what a horn simply means is it's referring to uh, wisdom and strength and dominion and power. Referring to prayer. Referring to, to, to worship. Incense is offering to worship before God. So when you, when you put blood on it, on the, it's, a, it's, a, it's about, I'd say, about this much. It's a, it's a beautiful golden covered, laid uh, uh, golden altar. On the, on the right is the unlevel bread and on the left is the menorah. That's the, 
That's the Holy of Holies. And then, of course, it closes up. And outside are the lavens, the water, big old pots of water, and, of course, the brazen altar, which is very big and large. So, what I'm saying is, uh, the, uh, the blood goes into the horn of the altar of incense. Now, this is important. God is simply saying to you that the way to deal with sin of the priest is to come before God in prayer. It's not for you to run away and hide for the rest of your life. It's not for you to run from it and accuse anybody involved in it. You've got to understand that because when you see the grace of God in dealing with who we are, and this is the beginning of the sacrificial system now. We're talking about in Leviticus. You look, you run, 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 run to sin. And sin has more power than... You've got to face sin with prayer. Now, okay. If the priest shall put some of the blood on the horns of the altar of, of sweet incense before the Lord, which is in the tabernacle of meeting, And shall pour out the blood of the bullock on the bottom of the altar of the burnt offering. So he sprinkled on prayer, but also comes into the, the burnt offering. Meaning, he, touch, he, puts the blood on the, he puts the blood on the fire. God is saying, I'll burn your sin with fire. You transferred to the animal, didn't you? Now, in the New Testament, there's a lot of things about this, but you're talking about transferring all your sins upon Jesus. And the Holy Spirit in Jesus burns the shaft with unquenchable fire. Remember that verse in Scripture in Matthew. It is referring to the way God deals with our sins. Hey, hey, hey. You shall take off from it, the animal, everything, all the fat of the bullock for the sin offering. The fat that covers the inwards. Now, notice the part inwards. Now, yesterday I told you that, uh, that when, when you take the kidneys, take, take the flanks, take the gall or the, or the membrane that covers the liver, in the two kidneys, and the fat on it. In the sin offering, that's all that the altar will receive, the, the, the brazen altar. That's all of the animal. The fat in these inward parts. Now, <coughs> what is the inward parts? And I told you this before, but uh, I, think I, I think I better repeat it. Uh, uh, better repeat it. Because in Jeremiah 31, 34, it says this, Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers. The last covenant that God made with men is in Jeremiah 31, 34. Hello there, hello there, wake up, wake up, wake up. Jeremiah 31, 34. It says, That I took them out of the, by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they broke, although I was a husband to them. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts. What is he saying in the last covenant? What he is saying here on this, on this 
on this Leviticus dealing with a sacrificial system. Why the inward parts are so important? Because kidneys is not only important, but this is a holy thing before the Lord. God sees this as very holy. He is saying the kidneys in the liver that purify the blood is an, an example of the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross of Calvary. His death, His atonement, the whole thing, the suffering, all of that means that through the blood of the Lamb. Now, now listen to this. I, I want to read very carefully. As it was taken off from the bullock of the sacrifice of peace offering, the priest shall burn them on the altar of the burnt offering. Meaning, he takes the two kidneys, the liver, and all these inward parts, and all the fat that comes along with it. <coughs> now, what do you mean by that? What is God trying to say to you and I this morning? It is the, it is the 7th of, uh, of February 2022. We just got back from Peru. We're just uh, reminiscing about all that happened in Peru and how God delivers us and how God covers us and blessed us, empowers us. I believe is the greatest mission trip I've ever had in my life. You know, uh, I don't know how many sins I had before Peru all the way to here. But I want you to know <laughs> that God judged me according to His grace and not what you think about it. I'm so glad that my sins are not looked upon by, by somebody accusing, condemning, harassing, but upon the grace of God. So when I, when I looked at this, God says to Moses, take the two kidneys, take the liver, take the go or the, or the, or the, or the membrane, okay? Go to the burnt offering. What do you mean burnt offering? The brazen altar. It's going to be burned. Not to where it's extremely hot. Because I want you to know the fat of a bullock is what makes the meat taste good. When you eat a steak and you cook the steak, if there's no little fat around it, it simply has no taste. What makes the steak so successful to your, to your uh, mouth and your taste buds is that the fat softens the meat. But in this sense here, God says, I, on the sin offering, I don't want the meat. I just want the fat around the, the kidneys. Look at verse 11. It says, in the skin of the bullock, in all his flesh. I know it comes out real small. In the skin of the bullock, in all his flesh. In the skin of the bullet and all his flesh. So, so in the sin offering, no priest to eat from it. Because you see, part of the food, the food is given to the priest in their level bread. You know, I told you about the bread and the meat. And that's what I love the most, bread and meat. But in the sin offering, no priest to eat that meat. It says, 
the skin of the bullock, all his flesh, with his head, with his legs, in his inwards, in his dung. What is dung? You know what dung is. What is what is Jesus? What is God saying down here? That when I remove sin from anybody, especially priests, I remove the whole entire thing. I don't do half and half. I don't give somebody 15 years to overcome it. The problem is to understand it and appropriate what God is saying to you today. So you as a priest, and all of them as our royal priesthood, we priests before God. But don't tell me to come to condemn me. Or harass me. Which is why some people stay away from Bible studies. People stay away from communion with the Lord. People run away from God because they see sin from what they think is sin. And they condemn the sin. In other words, they, they see sin. They, they condemn the sinner. And they don't give a chance for the Lord to come in through Jesus Christ or uh, His sweet and savor offering. So, He took the whole thing outside, the whole bullock. It says here on verse 11, verse 12, Even the whole bullock shall He carry forth without the camp into a clean place where the ashes are poured out and burn Him on the wood with fire where the ashes are poured out to be burned. So the carcass of the enemy was not to be burned upon the brazen altar and all the meat. Why? Because it did with sin. God is removing all the sin. I don't know how to tell you. I don't know how to emphasize this more. Uh, I don't know how to, to tell you this, but it's up to you. You have to make up your mind on how you're going to deal with your sin because you've been harassed, condemned, put down, bothered, tormented, by somebody else. And the Lord is instituting the sacrificial system in the beginning of the, of the sacrificial system saying to him that my son when he comes and dies at the cross it will remove the whole darn thing. All of it. Well now it says here it's removed outside of the camp. So the question is here. You know, our Catholic brothers will say, well, you know, the church of, uh, of the suffering of Jesus, you know, uh, is right inside of the city. It doesn't matter. The Holy Sepulchre. It doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. Because Matthew 27. Let's take a look. Matthew 27, verse 33. Take a look at that. And when they were come into a place called Golgotha. Now, Golgotha, the church, the, the, the place of the skull, is outside of the city limits. Oh, it's, it's, it's the church of, a, uh, what, is, what is the Holy Sepulchre is the place. Well, my Bible doesn't agree with this because Matthew refers very clearly and and you say, well, how about how about John, how about Mark fifteen twenty two? Well, Mark fifteen twenty two says the same thing. It says this, but the Father is that Matthew? Okay, let me just go to it. 
There we go, Matthew 15, 15, Take a look. All right, Matthew 15, 22. And they bring, and, 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 and they bring him into the place, Golgotha, which is being interpreted the place of the skull. Some claim that this is the place where Adam was buried. And his skull later found. However, there is no evidence whatsoever of this tradition. Others think the interpretation simply means that the rock face of the hill resembles a skull, which is probably the correct interpretation. So, so if it is the place close to the Golgotha, then the church of uh, Holy Sepulchre is, is something that uh, a king, lady, builded to honor the Lord and her good intentions. But outside of the camp means that Jesus was crucified outside. Well, good to be with you. I hope you got something out of this. By the way, give me a sign of life, would you? Give me a sign of life. Call the office. Send a text. Send an email. Rick, I heard you. Bang, bang, bang. I got into your podcast about this. Come on now. Give me a break. Let me know. Bye. Brilha a luz que anunda o meu viver.